When I was a teenager, there was this place that existed on Long Island, New York, called the Comac Roller Rink. And what would happen is people would congregate and they would skate in a circle over and over and over again. And we would have youth nights there. There'd be church night there. And we would all go, and all the youth group kids, I know this makes me sound like I was born in 1908, by the way, but, but we would go and everyone would roller skate. And then they would do these times where it was like, okay, just the guys can roller skate and now just the girls can roller skate. And they did couples skate, but there was only like three kids in the youth group out the day. So there was just three of them out there skating. And then they would do something called an all skate. And an all skate meant everybody was in and everybody would skate at the same time. And for the next few minutes, I need your help because this is an all skate. We're calling everybody in. So here's what I need. When I say something that's true of you, I need you to raise your hand if it's true of you, okay? So first thing, first thing is the test, okay? If you are breathing oxygen right now, go ahead, let me see it. Okay, good job. All right. If you had pizza this week, raise your hand. Anybody have pizza this week? Good. If you've been to more than two baseball stadiums in your lifetime, raise your hand real quick. Wow, that's awesome. All right, good. If you still haven't seen Avengers Endgame, raise your hand. Still haven't seen it. Should we ruin it, guys? We have so much power right now. It's amazing. All right. If you've gotten a ticket this past year, raise your hand real quick. Anybody? All right. <laughs> um, if you were born after 1990, go. Born after 1990. Okay, born before 1990. All right, very good, very good. If you like ketchup on your eggs, raise your hand. All right, cool. The prayer team's going to be set up right here after the service. We'd love for you to come up and get some ministry. If you've ever jumped out of an airplane, do we have anyone in this service that has jumped out of an airplane? If you've ever pushed anyone out of an airplane, anybody? <laughs> okay, good. Hand stayed down on that one. Good, good. Uh, if you woke up this morning, need a hand up real quick. If you woke up this morning or at some point today. Yeah, that's all of you. Okay, all right. Yeah, there it is. Okay, good. Uh, if you have ever in your life sinned or done something wrong, Sinned or done something wrong. Okay, now, if you want some type of a freedom from those things that you've wrestled with your whole life, if you want to break free from some of those struggles you've had, from some of those things that have plagued you, maybe your whole life or maybe this last season, just raise your hand. If you'd like to say, oh man, I would love to just walk in some freedom. Well, that's what we're going to talk about here today. Because we've been focusing on the freedom that God has given us throughout this series. And we've seen that God has given us freedom from trying to save ourselves, right? That he has said, okay, the father said, I got a plan to rescue these people. They, they've sinned, they've done what's wrong, but I'm going to rescue them. And so the father sent the son, Jesus, and Jesus died in our place to rescue us from our sin. And so that's really what we've seen so far, and it's what Paul's been talking about a lot, this plan of salvation, so we don't have to try to save ourselves. But now, tonight, I want to talk about this other kind of freedom, the freedom from the struggles that we have, the freedom from the sin things and the, and the issues and those things that always feel like, man, I just wish I could get this off my back because it feels like it's always constraining me. It's making me its prisoner or maybe even its slave. And so tonight I want to focus a little bit in on that. And maybe throughout this series, as we've been talking about how Jesus set us free from the sin that, that kept us bound, free from having to fulfill the law, maybe you felt, felt a little bit uncomfortable at times, almost like, Doug, you're talking about grace a lot. You're talking about forgiveness and love and mercy a lot. But like, what about right and wrong? Like, is there still right and wrong? Is there still 
you know, an importance to look at what God says is right? And, and is there importance to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And I mean, because Jesus loves me, do I just do what I want? Like, how does this all play out? This is maybe the tension that you've been feeling. And though I've tried to keep the series balanced, the, the reason that this is what we've been talking about a lot, the reason we've been talking about grace a lot and forgiveness a lot and not saving ourselves is because that's the problem the Galatians were struggling with. And so Paul wrote this letter to them to say, hey, here is your main struggle. You guys are trying to save yourselves. You're relying on yourselves. But you know what? I'm letting you know Jesus has done that. So stop trying to save yourself. And so he's kind of said this over and over and over again. And you've heard me say it over and over and over again throughout this series. In my house, there's been a rule for a long time that the kids cannot eat on the couch. The kids are not allowed to eat on the couch because of spills and crumbs. And my youngest is uh, genetically wired to be averse to anything that is clean. And so uh, he is always just messy. If you let him borrow your phone, it comes back covered in smudge. I don't even know what else to call it. And so that's Landon's deal, all right? And so no one's allowed to eat on the couch but me and Kelly, although my wife will argue and my daughter will argue, even yesterday she was arguing this, that I make the biggest mess on the couch out of anybody. But for all these years, we've said none of this. But recently, the kids have been jumping back on the couch with food and drink lately. And so Kelly and I, over the last month, have said over and over and over again, no eating on the couch, no eating on the couch, no eating on the couch. And if you were in my house for the last month, which I hope not because that would be a little creepy, but if you were, then you would be going, man, that's all Doug and Kelly talk about. Well, that's because that's the current problem in our home, okay? And the Galatians had this current problem of trying to save themselves. And so Paul, over and over and over again, said, you can't save yourself, don't save yourself. Jesus has saved you, stop trying to save yourself. But now, he writes this next section to balance it all out. He helps us understand that, okay, there is still right and wrong. And yes, we're free from trying to save ourselves, but God's commands don't just go out the window. So how do we balance all of this? And what would it look like to be free from the struggles in our lives? Maybe you're going, man, I would love to honor God. I would love to look at God's commands and and try to please him in those ways, not to earn his love, but because I have his love. I would love that, but I don't know how to do that. And I just feel like I keep on getting sucked back into the same old sin struggle. So we are going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about that part of us. And in the Bible, it's called our flesh. Okay, And the flesh is that part of you and I that wants to do the wrong thing. The flesh is that part of you that leans in when somebody begins to gossip. The flesh is that part of you that wants to look at something maybe you shouldn't be looking at. The flesh is that part of you that puts ketchup on eggs. I'm telling you right now that somewhere in Deuteronomy there's a rule against that, okay? But today we're going to talk about how to break free of the, fre- the, the, the flesh and the fresh, why not? And we are going to talk about what it looks like to have freedom from giving in to the sin in our life. Though we're not going to get it right every time, we're still going to struggle here and there, but there should be this growth, right? Now, some of you guys have a question on your mind. Here's the question. Why do I even want to stop sinning? Do I even want freedom from my sin? I don't know, man. It's a little bit fun right now. Maybe it's giving me a temporary high right now. Do I really want freedom from my sin? And so we're going to dive into that as well because I have to tell you something about our sin and the things that we do that are wrong. Every single time we give into sin, we have been duped. We have been completely tricked and fooled. Sin has promised something, and although it might upfront deliver for a minute, man, it always, always, always drags us down a road we don't want to go down. And Proverbs, Solomon said this in Proverbs 26, 11, he, t- he talks about this fool that keeps on doing something. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool 
repeats his foolishness. So, so as a dog runs back to its own throw-up, that's like you and me running back to sin over and over again. And this guy, Tremper Longman, says this, the presumption is that the dog throws up because the food does not agree with it. In spite of that, it eats it again. So I have to remind you today that, that like the dog throwing up the vomit, it throws it up for a reason. It doesn't agree with it. And guys, our sin in the long term, it doesn't agree with us. It might be fun. It might be nice and flashy in the beginning, but it doesn't ultimately agree with us. And then for some reason though, right, we keep on running back to it. Well, I went to Smithtown Christian School and in about fifth grade, Pastor Zarlingo gave a message in chapel. And I still remember the illustration that he used. He said, sin is like chocolate-covered vomit. And it goes right along with this verse. It's like this idea of sin that entices and pulls us in. But man, at the end of the day, we recognize, wow, this is not what I thought it was, right? And so I don't know about you, but I don't want to be running back to my sin. I want freedom from it. And I don't want to be a slave to my sin. I want freedom from it. And I think that there are things on your back today that you just don't want there anymore. And so we're going to talk about doing the right thing, how to do the right thing, how to do it with the right motivation. And we're going to really see the power of God at work in our lives today, I believe. Now, here's what's cool. Two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus, the son, right? We talked about how Jesus fought for our freedom, how he became a curse so we could become a child. Last week, we talked about our heavenly father, And all he did to attain our freedom for us. Now today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I wish I was smart enough to have lined that up logically. Uh, I just realized that this past week, I was like, wow, the Son, the Father, and the Spirit. That's so cool. But now some of you guys are sitting there going, Doug, I have to be honest with you. This whole thing freaks me out a little bit. Or maybe you're here and you're kind of new to all this. And you're like, what does that mean that there's a Father, a Son, and a Spirit? Okay, the let's call the Trinity. I just want to hit this right before we jump in any further tonight. Because I don't want anybody to be confused. And so what does it mean? Are there three gods? Is there one God? Like, can I relate to one one day and the other the other day? Like, how does that all work? One day, I'm driving down the street with my family, and one of my kids, just it was a perfect moment for them to ask one of those deep questions. And so as we're driving down the road, and I'm completely unsuspecting, one of my kids just goes, so dad, what's up with the Trinity? And I was like, oh, cool. I'll ask your mother. You know, I was like, great, great. But I happen to have a bottle in my hand at the time. And it was probably Dr. Pepper because that comes out of all the faucets in heaven. And so I had the, the bottle there and I'm looking at this bottle going, okay, cool. So I, we all call this a bottle, right? But there's really three parts to it. There's the container, the wrapper, and the cap. And if you and I, we went out for pizza after the service tonight, I would not say to you when you're standing by the fridge, oh, can you please grab me a container, a wrapper, and a cap, right? I would say, can you grab me a bottle? But we all know there's three parts to that bottle and they all play their role, Right? And that's exactly, well, I can't say it's exactly, to be completely honest, any illustration I come up with about the Trinity is going to fall short, okay? But that's a little bit like what God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, one God, one God, but three distinct parts that all play their role. Now, some of you are saying, but Doug, I can't quite wrap my mind around that. Thank God. Thank God that you can't wrap your mind around that. Thank God that you don't quite get that because that means our God is that big, that there are certain things about him, though there are many things that are knowable and understandable, there are certain things about our God because he's just that big and different than you and I that let us sit back and go, wow. Like if we went to the beach tonight, 
And we're sitting there, we're just looking out at the sky and the water. There's a few things I could explain about that scenario. I could tell you about the sky a little bit and some facts that I know. I could tell you about a few stars, right? I got an app. I could find a few stars in the sky. I could tell you a little bit about the sand that we're sitting on. I could tell you about the water. But I sure as heck eventually going to get to the point where I got to go, just wow. Just wow. Like there's stuff I can't tell you. There's stuff that this just amazes me and I am in awe. And the same is true with our God. And so, yes, we have a Father, a Son, and a Spirit, all one God. I don't exactly know how that all works, but I'm so thankful because they all do amazing things to purchase my freedom. Remember, the Son became the curse to set us free from the curse that we should have carried. The Father sent the Son, and tonight we're going to see what the Spirit has done to purchase our freedom. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad you're here, and I hope tonight you will learn a little bit about the freedom God wants you to walk in. And that you will move forward in that. And you'll see what Jesus has done for you. And I want you to know there are other people in the, in the room like you tonight. They're trying to figure this out. They're maybe a little confused or they don't quite know exactly who Jesus is or if he can be trusted. And I'm just so thankful that you're here tonight. And I hope that you'll explore here with us. And so we're going to look in Galatians. We're going to go from the middle of chapter 4 from last week to Galatians 5. Um, Paul continued on with sort of the same theme. And we're going to jump in at verse 13 And we're going to see something powerful here. Paul says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. What does this mean? Well, Paul's addressing this problem that we sometimes have. This thought that says, Jesus made me free so I could just do what I want. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Okay, so you're free from trying to save yourself. But that doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want and indulge your flesh. Your flesh, remember, is that part of you that, that is drawn to the stuff that says that God says is not good, right? And so you're walking through the office or you go to school this fall and you're walking through the dorm or the hallway and somebody starts gossiping. Oh, did you hear about Dylan and Veronica? Delonica, did you hear about them? And, and you lean in a little bit and you're listening. Wow, what, what is going on with Delonica? I don't know. And so you're leaning in, right? There's that part of us. That's, that's called the flesh, right? The flesh is that part of us that as we're scroll, scrolling through Instagram, we're just kind of, you know, doing our thing. And suddenly that one post shows up that's got a lot more skin than the rest of them do. And the flesh is that part of us that slows the scroll. Or goes back to that image or clicks the bio and goes a little bit deeper into all that, right? That's the flesh. That's that part of us. And Paul says, hey, Jesus has set you free, but it doesn't mean that you should go looking at all the bios now. It doesn't mean you should lean in when someone starts gossiping. There's, there's a better way. There's a better way. And that's what God's after here, our freedom. You see, when we're you know, leaning in to the gossip or we're stopping that scroll, Man, then we're really finding that, that chocolate-covered vomit. We're finding that vomit that we run back to over and over again, and it doesn't agree with us. And so God is graciously saying, there's a better way. There's a better way. And so don't let your flesh run wild. That's going to take you places that you're going to regret. He goes on. He says, rather, serve one another humbly in love. Instead of indulging your flesh and doing whatever feels good, serve one another in love, Paul says. He says, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be selfless. We're going to be kind and compassionate. But here is the thing. A lot of us are going, Doug, I don't like some of the people in the room, if I'm being honest. I don't want to serve them humbly here. I'm going to go home to a house where I don't like everybody, Doug. How do I do that? How do I walk in the freedom 
to love and to serve humbly. Well, we're going to get there. It goes on, verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think, I can't prove it, I really think Paul may have had a little smirk on his face when he said this. Because remember who he was talking to, the Galatians, who were all about keeping the law. And I think Paul was going, okay, if you really want to keep the law, let me tell you a little hint. It's all summed up, and he quotes Jesus. It's all summed up in these, this one little idea, love your neighbor as yourself. Get to that. Don't worry about you know, what fabrics your collar is made of, like you guys are observing that one law. Don't worry about making a hole in the ground on the Sabbath and calling it work because you're walking with a cane and a little seed might fall in there, and now you've broken that law. No, no, no. How about this? How about you love your neighbor as yourself. Again, we go, but how? How? I need help with this. Well, we're going to get there. Verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Paul's looking at the Galatians going, guys, stop the fighting. Stop the arguing. If I could just put our message on pause for a minute, and if I could just say to all of you, man, if there's anyone in this room tonight, man, and you've just got an issue with someone in this place, whether they're at this service or the other two, if you've got an issue with someone who left this place, I don't know what the deal is. If there's a hurt and an offense, I would just cry out and say, oh man, please work through it. Please try to figure out how to work through it because there's so much that God wants to do through our church. And so please don't give up on church. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on each other. We keep going. It's messy sometimes. It's painful sometimes, but it's worth it for what God's called us to. Okay, let's get back to it. Verse 16 gives us the key. How do I love? How do I serve humbly? How do I not devour and bite others' backs? How do I work this out? Verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. You see, we saw the Father and what he did to accomplish our freedom. We saw the Son and what he did to accomplish our freedom. Now we get to see what the Holy Spirit does to accomplish our freedom. We get invited into this idea of walking with the Spirit. I guess the question is, how do you do it, right? How do you do that? What does it look like to walk with the Spirit? Here, here's a couple of thoughts, I think, that I hope will help you. I think the first thing is, is we got to walk in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, I don't know about you guys, but in my marriage, my relationship. I am the fast walker. Kelly is the slow walker. So those of you guys who are married or dating, if you're the fast walker, just raise your hand up real quick. All right, if you're the slow walker, just raise your hand up real quick. Okay, I believe it's God's design that fast walkers and slow walkers get married or be dating. In fact, if you're a fast walker and you're dating or married to a fast walker, I don't think it's who God has for you. Okay, I'm just, gonna throw, no, I'm just kidding. Now here's the deal. As I'm walking through the Home Depot parking lot. I'm 10 steps ahead of my wife. Uh, it's not because I don't love her and want to walk next to her. I'm just nowhere we got to go. I'm leading the way, right? I'm on my way. And she's 10 steps behind. And I'll say there's probably a part of me that distances myself from her a slight bit because I'm afraid people might look at me and say, how did this joker get this hottie? That's a little mix in there as well, okay? But when we eventually stop, right? When I stop and I turn around, I realize there's this ready, this distance between us. And do you know what that distance does to us? It cuts off communication. It cuts off touch. It cuts off laughter. It cuts off conversation, right? I wonder if you and I sometimes are so far ahead of the Spirit or we're so far behind the Spirit that, listen, it cuts off communication. 
It cuts off our touch or feeling his presence. It cuts off uh, communication and conversation and, and, and that closeness that the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. And so Paul says, hey, if you want to live this out, if you want to not indulge the flesh, if you want to walk free, walk in step with the Spirit. Okay, so give me some more detail here, Doug. Well, I'm, I'm convinced when I die one day, some of you are going to put this image on my gravestone, and I'm fine with it. But this is, this is something I've used for a long time. I'm just going to keep using it if it helps you, okay? This image, right? If you've been coming to our church for a while, you know exactly where I'm headed with this. It's this idea of keeping the conversation with God alive, right? That I don't just answer the phone in the morning first thing and say, oh, hello, Holy Spirit. Great to see you, man. I hope you have a good day, and I'm going to go live mine. And then we leave the phone, and we don't talk to God anymore. We don't keep the connection open. We don't stay in step with the Spirit. We're on our own out here living life, and maybe we'll come back and pick up the phone right before bed or when we get home from work or school, but for the most part, we're just out there doing our own thing. And Paul's saying, no, 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 keep in step with the Spirit. Do you know what I think? The most important part of this is, it's just staying conscious of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean things have to get weird. Sometimes we associate the Holy Spirit with really weird stuff. No, I'm talking about those little nudges the Holy Spirit puts on our heart, right? Those little nudges when he just says, hey, I got a better way. I've got something different for you to do here. You're headed in the wrong direction, right? So, when our coworker or that person at school or in the neighborhood starts to gossip, when we're not in the spirit, we just go ahead and listen in. But when we are in the spirit, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit begins to set off a little bit of a flag in our heart and says, wait, wait, we shouldn't be listening to this. And beyond that, maybe we ought to stop it. And we look that person in the face and say, um, I'm so sorry, but I don't really think you should be talking about them like that, Right? When we're not in the Spirit, when we're not walking in step with the Spirit and the Instagram feed is going and we see that skin, we pause or we go deeper, right? But when we're walking in step with the Spirit, we bring it to our spouse or an accountability partner and say, can you please unfollow that person? I don't even want to touch the button that says I have to unfollow them in case I hit something else that I shouldn't hit. In fact, can you report their behavior as inappropriate? Or actually, there's that third option out of, you've seen it's a new feature on Instagram. You can actually send a drone to take them out. It's incredible. No, I'm just going to, see, I got right to the flesh right there. Man, it's doing so good, right? I'm telling you guys, it's just a different way. When we just stay conscious of the Holy Spirit. When we just say, okay, God, I know you're with me. And Holy Spirit, I know that you're here to lead me. And I want to be in step with you, not 10 in front or 10 behind or 100 behind. And you know what, guys? This is crazy. So often, we'll talk to Jesus, which is great. We'll talk to the Father. Thank God, that's great. But last week after I got off the stage, after talking about the Father throughout the message, somebody said to me, you know, I think the person that I most ignore is actually the Holy Spirit. And I just wonder if you and I have ever even said the words, Holy Spirit, help me. I think we say, Jesus, help me. I think we say, Father, help me. When's the last time you talked right to the Holy Spirit of God? Say, Holy Spirit, just lead me today, direct me today, empower me today, help me today, encourage me today, heal me today. You know, Jesus, this is, this is mind-blowing. Jesus said, I want you to imagine for a second that, that Jesus is on stage, right? Like literally Jesus, right here. 
And we're all looking at going, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hang out with Jesus. After this, we're going to go get some cafe with Jesus. And then if he's up for it, he's coming up to the new property to help us set up for Kids Week with Jesus. This is going to be mind-blowing. I can't imagine hanging out with Jesus. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, it is good for you that I am going away so I could send you the Holy Spirit. And that's the Spirit that we ignore. Wait, Jesus said it's better that the Holy Spirit be with us so we can keep in step with him. But this is the Spirit that we leave at home on the nightstand. Wow, we got to begin to say, oh, if I'm going to walk in freedom from my sin, if I'm going to walk in freedom from all those different things that have seemed to plague me my whole life, then man, I've got to keep in step with this Spirit. I've got to talk to the Spirit of God. I guess it doesn't have to get weird. We're not, we're not planning on hearing audible voices or anything. It's just, oh God, lead me today. And let me just remember that you're going to direct me to right and wrong. And so I think keeping in step with the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit is so important. And we get invited into that. I think the second part of this is we get empowered by the Spirit. Some of us might say, you know what? You said the Holy Spirit might lead me to like look somebody in the eye and say, stop gossiping. I don't know if I have the strength to do that. Well, that's great because the Holy Spirit's a lot stronger than you, right? Oh man, you told me I should tell my spouse or my accountability partner to report that person or send that drone. Man, I don't know if I have the power to do that. Well, that's great because the Holy Spirit's in you. You have this tremendously jacked Holy Spirit walking around with you, in you, wherever you go all the time. And so you get to walk empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you see the difference of trying to earn your way and just tapping into the Holy Spirit that's already in you, right? The old way of thinking, I think, went like this. Keep the law so God will accept you. The new way of thinking is this. Be empowered by the God who already accepts you. Wow, what an awesome thing. What an amazing way we can begin to see change take place in our life. Verse 17, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. I mean, Paul is very real about this, guys. There's a battle going on, right? There are things our flesh wants to do, and then there's what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do. And so there's this battle going on. But then he says in verse 18, but there's an answer, and it's right back to what we've been talking about. But if you're led by the Spirit... You're not under the law, right? Now, this doesn't mean that the commands aren't useful, right? This means we take the Ten Commandments and we look at them and we say, okay, I don't have to keep these to be right with God because I'm already right with God. But what I can do is know what pleases God. So I want to line my heart up with that. So he says I shouldn't lie and I shouldn't steal and I should make sure he's first. And I should, right, I'm going to aim my heart at all those things. But I'm not doing it to earn my salvation, and now I have the Holy Spirit producing this amazing power within me. Recently in our house, we have a leak coming from the shower. And so I went down the basement, I took apart the ceiling, I had to take apart, and there was a drip coming. So I put a little bucket beneath the drip. Well, last Saturday, the drip turned into a waterfall, and it came down. Mostly, thank God, it caught in the bucket, but there was a lot of water, and some got out and around, which I was able to clean up. And so I called my friend, actually, I texted my buddy, who's a plumber, and I said, hey, man, I just had a waterfall in my basement, and I'm expecting he's going to be like, dude, I'll be right over, and all I got back was a facepalm emoji like this. And I was like, yeah, bro, I know. I need you here. I don't need an emoji. I need you, right? Hasn't come back since. Hasn't, still hasn't made it back. Week. Almost, well, yeah, a week and a day, right? 
But during the week, I remembered something. I remembered this stuff called Flex Seal Tape. And a miracle happened in my house this week, guys. I wrapped the pipes with this thing. And that leak has since vanished. Now, here's the deal. We all know something, right? We all know that if that's my plan going forward, and I'm going to go ahead and put the ceiling back together, that I'm in serious trouble, right? We all know the, fe- the flex seal is simply a temporary outward fix. And guys, I'm telling you right now, this is like trying to keep the law on your own strength. This is like trying to save yourself. This is behavior modification. I am done listening to gossip. I am done, done uh, clicking on the bio to go deeper into that person's pictures. I am going to fix this myself. No, that's behavior modification. No, you and I need the plumber to come in and transform from the inside out. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. That's what we get when we say, okay, I'm going to walk in step with you, God. Then, Paul goes on and he, he really aims us at some very specific things. He, he, first, he shows us what to stay away from. And remember, guys, he, you know, looking at a list like this is not meant to scare us. It's not meant to make us feel like, oh, I'm never going to measure up. It's to remind us those deadly things Jesus saved us from and those things that the Holy Spirit's going to lead us away from into freedom. And so he brings up some very specific things here. And I would guess you could find something on this list you probably struggle with right now. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality impurity and debauchery. Debauchery, that's a, that's a wonderful word, I can't even say it, but it just means partying, partying lifestyle. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And then he says this, and this is troubling. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then you go, but Doug, it feels like you just undid this whole series. You would tell me I don't have to save myself, and now you just told me it looks like I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God because I struggle with something on that list. Paul's not saying that. Paul's saying this. If you struggle with something on that list and you're okay with it and you let it have its way with you and you don't align yourself with the Spirit of God and keep in step with the Spirit of God and repent and ask forgiveness and that the Holy Spirit would empower you to change, if you just are okay with it and you walk out through this door and you do the same old stuff you've been doing all along, then there's a really good chance you're not actually following Jesus and the Holy Spirit's not at work in your life. And then you won't inherit the kingdom of God. But as you were reading through this list, if you and I saw our thing on that list and we said, ah, man, I hate that. I want to be free from that. That's the thing. That's what I came here tonight. This is what I need God to do in my life. This is what I need the Holy Spirit to empower me to overcome. Then I'll tell you what, then you and I, man, we're following Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's convicting. And the Holy Spirit's at work. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to lead you and I deeper. And then it goes to verse 22, which this is our hope, guys. If you're here saying, man, I just want that freedom, but I feel so stuck, here is our hope. Because this is what the Spirit of God is going to produce in us if we keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 22, some of the famous verses here. But the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, what the Spirit will produce. If the Holy Spirit were a tree, this is what would be hanging on the branches, right? This is what it will produce in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Paul goes, you Galatians are so focused on keeping the law. Let's talk about the things there is no law against. 
So let's not worry about those 700 or 600 and whatever commands that are in the law. Instead, let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit, and then all these things are going to start to flow out of our lives, which, by the way, are the answers to all those things that have us in prisons anyway, right? And then we'll walk in freedom. You see, if you walk in step with the Spirit and are empowered by the Spirit, then, man, love's going to start to flow out of you. And you know what? When you have the opportunity to lean in and listen to that gossip, man, no, no, love's going to pull you back from that, right? And when you're scrolling through the post and you see the skin come up, man, it's going to be self-control in that moment. That's going to give you the strength to go, okay, can you please unfollow, right? See, this is what we're talking about here. This is the freedom you and I could walk in. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And we really hit this in Galatians too. This idea that the old us that was ruled by the flesh is, is dead, man. That old us, they're not here anymore. There's a new us. And yes, we still have a flesh, and yes, we still struggle sometimes, but man, that old us is long gone, and God's doing something new. And then verse 25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever seen some soldiers just kind of walking their way? They're walking together, like, you know, very, very, very in sync with one another, and then their officer says that they're supposed to turn one way or the other, and they, like, just, like, turn like that. You've seen that in a movie, or some of you guys, maybe cops, or in the military, you've seen that. And you know what? That's the imagery that we're supposed to have in our minds as we read this verse, that when the Holy Spirit says go left, we go left. And when the Holy Spirit says stop, we stop. And when the Holy Spirit says advance, we advance. And so he says keep in step with the Spirit. And guys, here's what we're going to find when we live there. That's the most free we ever are. That's the most free we ever are. I know all of the do nots that were on the screen a minute ago, they promise us freedom, but that's slavery. It's when you and I keep in step with the Spirit and we stay God conscious and we just say, oh God, lead me through this day. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're there to empower me and to do mind-blowing things in my life today. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're jacked and you're huge and you're powerful and there's nothing bigger than you and there's nothing that scares you. Then we walk in the freedom that God wants us to walk in. And so here's what I want you guys to remember this week. We are most free when we walk with the Spirit, when we walk by the Spirit, when we're right there listening, waiting, connected, tuned in to what God is wanting to do, not trying to save ourselves and not duped by sin. We're free. And so this week, will you walk by the Spirit? In fact, let me just back that up. Today, today, we only got what? A few hours, four hours left in today. Four hours in a minute, all right? Can you, for the next four hours in a minute, just stay God conscious, stay Holy Spirit conscious? As you go through the rest of the service, as you interact, as you go out and eat food later, and then you put your head on the pillow, can you just stay Holy Spirit conscious? Oh God, lead me, Holy Spirit. Walk with me through this day. And the way I treat the waitress tonight, the way I treat the person at the cafe table, the way we interact with one another, man, the stuff we're looking at before we go to sleep, the stuff we're watching on a screen before we go to sleep, the conversations we're having, the texts we're sending, the way we interact with our parents or our spouse or our, the person we're dating, before we go to sleep tonight and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna walk with you today. Today, while it's still August 4th, I'm just gonna keep in step with you. And you're gonna lead me and you're gonna empower me. Walk by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Here's what I can tell you. When Kelly is 10 feet behind me and I'm 10 feet ahead walking across that parking lot, when I realize and I stop, 
and I have the patience for a minute, and she catches up, I'll tell you what happens immediately. Conversation starts again. We begin to hold hands. We begin to talk. Sometimes we'll get into deep conversation, right? There's just this new connection, right? And that's what it is to walk out of the Spirit. In fact, this morning, I, I got off stage, and I went backstage and around to go out to the bathroom, and Kelly was about 10 steps ahead of me, and she stopped, and she turned around, and she just kind of smiled and waited for me to catch up to her. And so the question really is, when it comes to your relationship with God, do you want to be me or Kelly? Like, that's really, sadly, what it comes down to here tonight. Do you want to be the one that just says, wait, 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 I'm ahead here. I'm going to stop and wait and tune in and let you lead me. Or will you continue to run ahead or stay behind? Walk empowered by the Spirit. Watch the love, the kindness, the self-control, the gentleness, the peace begin to flow out of you. See, that's what the Holy Spirit is. You can't be near that. You can't be near and in tune with the Holy Spirit and not see those things begin to come out of your life. And so a couple quick examples, and then we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Kelly and I get into an argument when I'm just doing my own thing. When I'm walking in the flesh, all I want to do is be right. All I want to do is show her she's wrong. All I want to make sure is that I have this perfect argument and it is sealed up tight and, and, and you know, there's no way you can fight through it. But when I'm keeping in step with the Spirit, I'm almost 19 years into this with my wife and I'm still learning how to keep in step with the Spirit. My daughter will tell you there are times I'm in step with the Spirit and I'm calm and I'm patient, I listen, and I'm quick to forgive. And there's times when I'm not. And so it's that, okay, I'm going to keep in step with the Spirit. It's, it's walking through the lobby after the service tonight, and one of you comes up to me and says, hey, uh, my, my loved one's going through something really awful. And if I'm just in the flesh, I'm going to say, I'm so sorry, and I, I hope that it works out soon. But if I'm in the Spirit, I'm going to say, hey, let's pray together right now. Let's not let this moment go by without us stopping and pausing and praying together and believing that God's going to show up and do something so powerful. See, that's what it is. It's just staying God conscious and walking with him and letting him empower us. Some of you guys might remember that years ago, my buddy was sitting in a room kind of like this on a youth retreat, and there was a lot of worship and prayer going on. And five feet from him was this other kid in the youth group. And this other kid wasn't quite as popular, and he wasn't quite as known, and he didn't have a ton of friends. But this kid over here, he was real popular. And in the moment, my buddy just felt this little nudge, no vision, no audible voice of God, but just a nudge in his heart that he should just go and sit five feet over right next to this kid. Fast forward years, these two guys are adults. They see each other, and they're talking and the guy who was sitting over here by himself said to my buddy, you know, the night that you moved over and sat by me, I had planned on killing myself on that trip, on that retreat, and the only reason I didn't was because you moved and sat by me. Sometimes, Holy Spirit just wants to move us five feet, and we have no clue the power. We have no clue the difference that just that little obedience can make. I'm so glad my friend wasn't sitting there thinking about girls across the, the other side of the room. I'm so glad he wasn't sitting there thinking, oh man, we're going to go to the gym after this and play basketball. I'm so thankful that my buddy in like 11th or 12th grade was just there close enough to the Spirit to go, okay, I'm going to move to five feet. He didn't preach a sermon to him, didn't open a Bible, didn't even pray for him, didn't say a word. Just obeyed the little nudge. 
That same opportunity is there for you and is there for me. And it's in that freedom. And it's what the Holy Spirit wants to move us toward. That man, life truly can be so exciting and so free. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I would hope you would put your trust in Jesus tonight, that you would say, I want to know God and I want this Holy Spirit in my life to lead and direct me and empower me to live a new way. I want to walk in freedom. And so if that's you, I'd love to pray with you in just a minute. But if you're a follower of Jesus, man, let's live this for the next now three hours and 55 minutes. Let's keep this in focus and watch it spill over into tomorrow and watch these beautiful things the Spirit produces begin to walk out of our lives like never before, when we are most free, when we walk by the Spirit. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We need you. And Holy Spirit, we want to just take a minute and talk to you. We don't do this enough. Holy Spirit, we want to ask that we would stay in step with you, that we'd walk by you. And Holy Spirit, we want to ask that you would empower us to overcome some of the prisons we find ourselves in, If you're a follower of Jesus, what prisons do you need the Holy Spirit to get you through today? What prisons do you need him to break wide open so that you can walk free? Would you pray about that? Would you ask him? Would you be specific? Would you literally not say God right now? Would you say Holy Spirit? I want to keep in step with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be empowered by you. I want to see the fruit of the Spirit flowing out of my life. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I'd love for you to pray with me now. Something like this, just quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you so much for your forgiveness, for your love, for your mercy, and that I don't have to try to save myself anymore. Jesus, just make the difference in my life. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will lead and direct me in powerful, powerful ways. Just before we open our eyes here today, if you pray that for the first time, it would just be such an honor for me this week to be able to to pray for you. And so if you could just let me know by just giving me a quick glance that you prayed that for the first time, that would be so awesome. Anybody here in the room do that tonight? Just awesome. Anybody else? Cool, I see. Anybody else here tonight put their trust in Jesus for the very first time? That's so cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I see you. Wow. Anybody else? God, I thank you so much for all those who have looked to you today to be their Savior. And I pray that, God, you'll keep them in such an awesome and beautiful way. We love you, Jesus. You're so good to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't we just stand together and let's worship God. Let's keep in mind what Joe said to us earlier. Remember all the beautiful things that God has done for you and done for me.